Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I'll offer my picks for each and every day of the 2023 Wimbledon. Now, I do have to start by apologizing for the lack of day one selections. Truth be told, our Crack Rackets team was busy making sure we had everything set for our coverage of this week's Bloomfield Hills Challenger. We are all on the grounds here in Michigan, thrilled to get the opportunity to see so many fascinating players compete, whether it be a guy like Kane Ishii, Corey looking to climb back towards the top of the ATP rankings this week, whether it be players just dipping their toes into the pro circuit following successful college seasons, players like NCAA champion Ethan Quinn, college tennis number one, Elliot Spaziri, Michael Zhang, the Columbia rising sophomore who of course reached a challenger final a few weeks ago. We're going to be up in person to watch the entire event unfold. We're going to have the opportunity to speak with so many of the players competing in the draw as well. As such, again, we just wanted to make sure everything was set yesterday for that coverage. You'll be able to follow all of the action, follow all of our coverage across our Crack Rackets platforms. But here on this podcast over the next two weeks, we'll have bonus shows as well. But what I want to lock in on, of course, is offering predictions, offering previews, offering you forecasting of every day of this year's third major at Wimbledon. It's it's a major event. I don't even need an additional adjective. This is one of the four big ones we have on the tennis calendar. And as such, we know it's our obligation here at Crack Rackets to prepare you all for all of the action. I'm really going to try to keep these segments to 20 minutes or less. Simply put, we got a lot of content we're trying to crank out here at Crack Rackets this week. Not just these GSP Ace of the Day previews, but of course, we'll have mini breaks recapping each day at Wimbledon. We'll have mini breaks recapping every day at Bloomfield. Field Hills as well. Countless cracked interviews of the players competing at Bloomfield Hills this week. Again, busy week of content. We're thrilled for it here at Crack Rackets, but we got to make some editorial decisions, I suppose. So I will be brief. I will be condensed with each of my assessments of the most notable matches of any given day throughout the course of this Wimbledon. I also want to offer my predictions, my previews, and I always think the best mechanism in doing that is to turn to the odds makers via our friends at DraftKings. What does the gambling public, or the way I view it, what do the numbers say the outcome of this match should be? Do I agree? Do I disagree? Do I see value that perhaps some of you Crack Rackets listeners can capitalize in making predictions? That, as always, is going to be the focus here of these GSP Ace of the Day segments. We are thrilled to bring this back to the Great Shot Podcast. Thrilled to have these for you each and every day of this 2023 Wimbledon moving forward. With that said... I want to be efficient. So let's look at day two of this 2023 Wimbledon. Of course, it's a day full of second round matches. We've got, what, 32 on the men's side, 32 on the women's side, 64 singles matches for us to attempt to monitor throughout the course of the day. And look, 
there are a bunch of big guns in play as well that, quite frankly, from an odds perspective, you're just not going to get any value if you want to try and wager on them. You have to bet, I think it's $11 to win just $1 in return on Arena Sabalenka against Pana Udvardi tomorrow. Obviously, Sabalenka, one of the three front runners to capture the Wimbledon title, one of her peers in that upper tier. Obviously, Iga Sviantek won today, but her other peer, the reigning Wimbledon champion, who I probably should have mentioned first, Elena Rabakina, she's going to kick off her Wimbledon tomorrow as well. Rabakina taking on Shelby Rogers. You know, again, it's funny, from a name perspective, given the weapons Rogers has, you'd think maybe Shelby can give Elena Rabakina a little bit of a push, but no, according to Tennis Abstract, Rabakina an 82.8% favorite, according to our friends at DraftKings, she's minus 800 favorite, which means you'd have to wager $8 on her to win just one in return. Again, your two biggest seeds on the women's side, they are prohibitive favorites, according to the odds makers. As such, you're just not going to find a ton of value in wagering them. You'll have more fun watching them throughout the course of their opening matches at Wimbledon. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll get to my picks. I'll get to the odds and the value that I see on the board in a moment. But I do want to use this Ace of the Day podcast, again, as a mechanism to preview what are my favorite matches in any given day, to preview the matches I think are most significant if you're a tennis fan following from afar, to follow so that you have the best grasp of everything happening in the Wimbledon draw throughout the course of these next two weeks. And so, again, Sabalenka, Rabakina, they are your two most notable names in the women's draw competing tomorrow. I think both of them are going to advance fairly comfortably against Udvardi, and then again for Rabakina, Rogers respectively, but there are some blockbusters. Uh, Blockbusters hyperbolic. There are some intriguing matches, certainly as they relate to the 30,000-foot development of how this tournament will end up unfolding. I think the first-round matches you should make it a point to watch tomorrow are as follows. 13th-seeded Beatrice Haddad Maya. She won a title on grass courts last season, obviously reached the semifinals of the French Open this year. It was the first time she had reached a second week at a slam, and you know, again, that's such a mental hurdle for any player. Anytime that sort of breakthrough occurs, you automatically have to circle that player moving forward as someone, okay, maybe they're in the mix now. And for Haddad Maya, who has so steadily worked her way up the rankings these past three years, and just feels like any benchmark you'd want to see, win a title, make a final at a 1,000 like she did in Canada last year, now reach the end weekend of a Grand Slam event. Haddad Maya is starting to do all of those things, and yet, I think her matchup tomorrow is going to be tricky, taking on Yulia Putensiva. Putensiva, of course, just the creativity, the physicality, the slices, her low center of gravity really does help her as a mover on this surface. Now, she doesn't have an overwhelming weapon to hurt Haddad Maya with, but it just feels like Haddad Maya has had a gas tank on half empty since that French Open run, even in taking, you know, that first round, you know, I I know she lost first round that very next week. That was obviously a poor scheduling decision. Had a week off from there, but, you know, played some sloggish, a lot of slogs throughout the course of the past month. And, you know, again, as such, I just think Putensiva can hang. I think she can make that match a little tricky. Now, if Haddad Maya gets through, you know, again, she'd face the winner of a Bronzetti Christian. Then she perhaps would face a Yelena Ostapenko in round three. That, you know, again, if, if Haddad Maya starts to show some form, 
and let's say she has that form in the third round and beats Yelena Ostapenko, now you start you have to start looking for her again. I know she's in that Rabakina section of the draw, but you have to start looking at her as a real threat to do some damage in week number two. And so, again, I think this will just be a good litmus test to see where is Haddad Maya right now physically. I expect her to advance. You look at the odds maker, she is still the favorite for what it's worth right now, and I think she should be. Haddad Maya currently minus 340 to Putensiva's plus 260. That's kind of in the vomit zone from an odds perspective. I think Haddad Maya's minus four and a half games, which means she'd have to win 6-4, six, four, six, four, uh, better than 6-4, six, 6-4 four, six, four to cover. I don't know, she just played some weird matches, so to me that's a stay away for me, but I think that's one of my favorite ones to watch on the women's side. There are a couple others, obviously, that are must-see TV. Two others I am under no circumstances wagering on. Mukova versus Niemeyer. Niemeyer made the quarterfinals of Wimbledon last year. The pace she plays with, I know how aggressive Mukova wants to be. I know the slicing, the angles, her ability to push forward. She can certainly get Niemeyer stretched into the outer third, and while Niemeyer is so good on her front foot, she is not the most fluid in the outer thirds of the court still. And yet, Niemeyer may not have to go to the outer thirds because she can dictate against absolutely anyone. And so... You know, again, that's a 62.5% chance for Mukova to win according to Tennis Abstract. Mukova minus 300 according to the odds makers. Again, no thank you. I don't want any part of wagering on that match. I want no part of wagering on Ekaterina Alexandrova against Emma Navarro. Now, ECAT won her first seven matches of the grass court season. She meant won a title week number one, semifinals the next week. And yet she's taken on an Emma Navarro who reached the final of a 125K two weeks ago, reached the semifinals on grass of a 250 last week. And, you know, again, the former 2021 NCAA singles champion has just steadily ascended into the top 60 of the WTA ranking. She's so focused, so fluid. And, you know, again, the more pace Alexandrova provides her, the more snap Navarro provides right back. I actually think the action, I think her forehand is the heaviest ball in this matchup. Obviously, the steady aggression, the linear line drive tennis of Ekaterina Alexandrova is the biggest weapon on the court. But man, like, that's a match I am locked in on. Alexandrova minus 370. I'm not betting on that. I'm staying away. Maybe take the overs, but I think that's going to be really good tennis. I suppose I should give an, well, it's not even an honorable mention. Three matches must watch. Sakari Kostyuk, like... I know Mariah Sakri played better as this grass court tennis month progressed, but I watched Marta play Potapova. And I think their three-set match, what was that, a couple of weeks ago in Eastbourne or maybe last week, who can keep track of dates anymore? I think that's one of the highest-level grass court matches I saw over the course of the past month. And I'm just never betting out Kostyuk. I still think she has that main character energy. She has that elite athleticism, that ability to play on her terms against any opponent. I'm a fan, needless to say, of Marta Kostyuk's game. And look, Maria Sakkari coming off of a first-round loss to the eventual finalist in Mukova at the French Open, obviously still has that semifinal, the lack of semifinal success lingering in the back of her head. I think that match gets tricky. I think it's really fun on the women's side. But Again, those are three matches, and for what it's worth, Maria Sakkari is the favorite according to odds makers, minus 285 according to Tennis Abstract. Sakkari is 67.2% favorite. 
Yeah, I think Sakari wins that match probably two out of every three times. But could this Wimbledon be the third where Kostyuk's pace, her aggression, she beats Sakari backhand to backhand. She takes that return of serve early to get the ball deep into that Sakari forehand hip. And then, you know, the Sakari forehand begins to spray. There's absolutely a pathway for Marta Kostyuk in that match moving forward. And so, look, Navarro-Alexandrova, Mukova and Niemeyer, again, the pace of Niemeyer, that ability to just disrupt Mukova's rhythm. And then probably, yeah, those two, uh, Navarro-Alexandrova, Mukova, Niemeyer, Sakari, Kostyuk, I honestly probably put those over. Hadad Maya, Potipo, uh, excuse me, um, Hadad Maya, Putenseva in hindsight, but those are my four favorite matches. Those are four really good matches that I'm not gambling on. I'm not gambling on Gracheva, Georgie either, even though Georgie's the favorite and you know, we saw her play some really good grass tennis last week, but you just never know what you're getting from Camilla Georgie at any given moment. So, again, that's your look at the women's draw uh, for day two. Now, I promise I am going to get to my picks at the end of this show, but as I am trying to pivot this as much picks as previewing here on this GSP Ace of the Day segment for this 2023 Wimbledon I next, want to preview the men's draw. Talk about the matches that, again— Above anything else, regardless of wagers, whatnot, they're the matches that will be most significant towards the development of this Wimbledon moving forward. And obviously, look, all of us are locked on that top quarter of the draw, the Carlos Alcaraz section. Not necessarily Alcaraz against Jeremy Chardy tomorrow, but I mean, just look at all the names. You've got Davidovich Fokina versus Arthur Fees. I talked about this with Gil Gross in our men's draw preview. Those are two of the most explosive athletic players we have. Certainly young players in the top, what, 75 of the rankings, I suppose. And for what it's worth, the young Frenchman, who, of course, won titles earlier this year at the ATP level, he's a 62% favorite against the 31 seed Davidovich Fokina, who, let's not forget, beat Hercots last year before his 7-6 in the fifth loss to my guy, Yuri Vesely. I mean, that's a great match. Again, so athletic. You just Every point's going to look a little different. Tiafo versus Wooey Bing. I have come on this podcast before and said Wooey Bing is not eliminated from the GOAT race. Now, he has been subsequently over the past seven months because he didn't light the ATP Tour on fire quite like he lit the ATP Challenger Tour on fire. But guess what? Almost everyone's eliminated from the GOAT race at this point, and that doesn't diminish my respect for what Wooey Bing can accomplish point in, point out again. He just moves so well, and there's no discernible weakness in his game. He has the speed, the discipline to deal with everything Francis Tiafo throws at him. It's going to be a really fun match. Again, I, I lean Tiafo as as do odds makers. Francis Tiafo tomorrow, justifiably, a minus 500 favorite, an 84.2% favorite, according to the Tennis Abstract singles forecast. But, yeah, I don't know. And, by the way, Arthur Fees, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, excuse me, plus 115, even though Tennis Abstract has him as such a significant favorite. So, you know, again, if you're looking for value, if you're looking for odds, certainly the most exciting matches, I think those would be two of them. The other one with goes without mentioning in that top quarter, but it's my job to mention it here on this show, so I'll do so for you. 2021 Wimbledon finalist, Matteo Berrettini, taking on a guy who has had grass court success in his career and a fellow Italian, Lorenzo Sanego, He's just been so up and down as Lorenzo this year. Meanwhile, we just don't know how healthy Berrettini is. And yet, as good as he was on clay courts at his healthiest, as good as he was on hard courts at his healthiest, 
Grass courts was always the surface that made the most sense for Berrettini. His serve and volley game, his ability to turn into that big forehand, the way his slice is accentuated so well by this surface in particular and helping it stay low. Look, if Berrettini beats Sinego like 3-3-5 three, three, and five in straight sets and doesn't get broken on serve tomorrow, now all of a sudden you go, whoa, let's wait a second. Is Berrettini starting to find his form? Do we have to start thinking about, you know, Berrettini getting through a demon in round two, getting through his Zverev in round three, and then just firing bombs freely, I suppose, at Carlos Alcaraz in round four? I, I am locked in to Berrettini Sinego tomorrow because it does feel like uh, Matteo Berrettini is one of the guys who can certainly uh, make a move in this round. Can it can factor in, excuse me, into the big picture a bit more moving forward. But you know, outside of that, big names, team versus Tsitsipas. Obviously, that's going to get a lot of mainstream attention. Dominic team's never been that good on grass courts, so I don't expect 2023 to be the year it all clicks for him on this surface. You know, Arthur Ferry, former Stanford, or could still have one more year of eligibility, the Stanford All-American against Medvedev, just to see how Medvedev looks after a really weird start to his grass court season. Sarundalo Borges for the college tennis nerds, but a, a lot of good matches on the day. And, you know, again, in terms of finding value for picks via the odds, via our friends at DraftKings, I believe I got five winners for you all to kick things off. And, Again, I'm going to go through these picks with a little less emphasis than we may have on this segment in the past. The emphasis moving forward is going to be forecasting, preview, previewing every day of play, but I'm not going to leave you high and dry. I got picks for you. So with that in mind, let's get to it. Here are my GSP aces of the day. I got five. Let's start with the matches that are actually being played on Tuesday. I'll start with a couple of OVAs. I've got my eye on tomorrow. Not O-V-E-R-S, O-V-A-S. A couple of OVAs. Of course, I mean Linda Noskova and Anastasia Potapova. Those are the two I have my eyes on tomorrow as each of them kick off their Wimbledon campaigns. Now, look, has the Linda Noskova Express slowed down after what was the most thunderous of starts to the year for her earlier this season, making that final in Adelaide looking exceptional on her way to doing so? Yeah, it has. It has slowed down a little bit. Now, of course, she still made third round at Indian Wells. She won a round at Roland Garros, has made a couple of quarterfinals at the 125K level this year, and let's be perfectly clear. For a player who doesn't turn 19 years old until November 17th of this year, there's a ton to be excited about still in these results alone for Linda Noskova. But why I'm particularly excited for her to begin her Wimbledon campaign, did you watch the match against Samsonova and Bad Hamburg? Did you watch the match against Yelena Ostapenko in Birmingham? A match, by the way, she lost 6-1 in the third to the eventual champion, Noskova just has the weapons to hang right away. And boy, will those weapons be accentuated beautifully by the grass courts we have at Wimbledon. And look, she's got a tough test in Adele McGolfi, who, while she's 23 and 32 overall in her last 52 weeks, Golfi did make a, 70, uh, a semifinal at 100K a couple of weeks ago. Got you know, a couple of good wins at that event before getting knocked out in three sets by the eventual champion, Miriam Bork- Bjorklund. Now, she was forced to retire with an injury last week in Eastbourne. 
and maybe you want to factor that into why you would lean towards Noskova as well. And look, Golfie's got creativity. She's going to be able to hit Noskova out of the center. She's going to be able to prevent Noskova from just playing with easy rhythm from the center of the court in her own service games. But I just think Noskova walks onto the court with the biggest weapons on the court. I think Noskova's serve is so beautifully amplified, again, by this surface. I just think we haven't gotten... And I'm not saying she's going to put together the big slam run here because, by the way, the winner of Naskova Golfi faces the winner of Mukova Niemeyer, which I think regardless of the outcome is a really fun second-round match no matter who, what permutation we get. Yeah, these are all, these are all great. Like, I, 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 anyways, the point is for Linda Naskova, I just love her. You know, again, Delma Golfi is not Ludmilla Samsonova. Delma Golfi is not Yelena Ostapenko. This is the first, you know, again, this is one of those matches where for one of the rare times in this grass court season, Noskova is going to get to walk onto the court having the biggest weapons on the court. And the one time she had the biggest weapons on the court so far this grass season, she beat Katarina Baindel 6-2-7-5. Now, look, I really thought about going Noskova money line, uh, excuse me, game spread here, minus three and a half games over Golfie. But look, Golfie's creative. Golfie's physical. She's going to get Noskova in uncomfortable positions on the court where it's just going to be a little bit more difficult for Noskova to hit the sort of line drive, play the sort of line drive baseline tennis, ag- show the aggression she wants to show. But I do think that aggression wins out. And so I'll take the Noskova money line, minus 275 over Golfie. Now, that's not the best value. So we'll parlay it with Anastasia Potapova, who again, Potapova, semifinals in Birmingham, the one grass court event she played. Now, all of her matches were three sets, wins over Kostyuk, McNally, Dart before a three-set loss to Yelena Ostapenko. She's got the goods. She's got the athleticism. You know, third round Roland Garros, she lost three sets to Pavlachenkova, but got good wins over Sharif and Townsend there. She's 23-11 and 11 overall on the season. You look for her 9-7 and seven in her career on grass courts. Um, yeah, like 29-12 and 12 against players outside the top 50 over the past 52 weeks. She's going to face one of those opponents in a rising superstar in 17-year-old Celine Neff. And look, the young Swiss player has had a grass court season the sort of grass court season that catapults teenagers into prominence. Not, you know, like almost like Radakanu did back in 2021. Now, obviously, excluding that U.S. Open part, I'm talking about just the grass court season where she had some success at 100K and, you know, then made the fourth round of Wimbledon, which is the run that really put her on our, on our radar prior to uh, that U.S. Open run. Look, Celine Neff has been exceptional this year. She She's 47 and 10. She's won 82% of her matches over the course of the past year. She's 61 and 18 overall in her career. She reached quarterfinals in Den Bosch, wins over Venus and McNally, qualifies for this Wimbledon with wins over Yastremska, Kruger, and Dimitruk. Those are all excellent wins. This is not a bet against Celine Neff, who I think will have a lot of success in her career moving forward. This is a bet on Anastasia Potapova. I just think she ain't leaving the top 20 anytime soon. I think she's going to continue her ascent towards the top 10. And, you know, again, for Celine Neff, with all due respect, while the wins have been impressive, McNally, Venus, Kruger, Yastremska, 
She's 0-1 in her career against opponents ranked inside the top 50, and that 3-2 and loss to Kudermatova, she just didn't quite have the weapons to hang. Everything was on Kudermatova's terms. I think everything's going to be on Potapova's racket tomorrow as well, and simply put, the young Russian is just playing far too well. So... I'm going to back the Ovas. Give me Naskova minus 275 over Golfi. Give me Potapova minus 235 over Neff. Minus 106, half a unit to win 0.47. That is ace of the day number one. Ace of the day numbers two and three come from a couple of men's matches we have on the day. All due respect to Thomas Mychek. I think he's got a rock-solid game. I think he moves pretty well on this surface. I don't think there's a discernible weakness for in his game to be attacked. I just think Cam Norrie's a little bit better at everything. And you look for Norrie tomorrow, minus six and a half games over my check. That means he's got to win better than 6-4, or, you know, can have a 7-6 set, but then needs to just really win one lopsided set and I do think if Nori gets off the match in straight, uh, gets off the court, excuse me, in straight sets tomorrow, he covers the six and a half. This is a Nori who, you know, what lost quarterfinals at Queens Club Decorda. It's the only grass court tennis he played. It was a disappointing clay court season, but it's a guy who's reached the semifinals at Wimbledon. It's a guy who gets to play in front of a home crowd for one of those few times in the season. Again, I just don't know. You know, Mychek doesn't have a weapon to hurt Nori with. This match is on Cam Nori's racket, and, you know, no one— well, I don't want to say no one is better at it, but Cam Nori just doesn't beat himself. And so I like Nori. I like the minus 6.5. Again, I just don't know what the pathway is for Mychek other than an off day for Nori. I don't know what the pathway is for him to break down Nori's game consistently. So I'm going to lean Nori. Minus six and a half games, minus 120. We're going to put just a quarter of a unit on that to win point two because first round matches scare me, to be honest, and six and a half is a lot of games. So quarter of a unit to win point two. That's ace of the day number two. Ace of the day number three. I have talked too much about my fondness for Talon Griekspor to not back him in his matchup tomorrow against Marton Fucevic. Griekspor minus 125 to Fucevic's minus 105. It's essentially even odds. And, you know, again, you can kind of understand why, given the fact that you look uh, for each of the— I mean, for each of these guys, Fucevic in his career, plenty of success on the grass courts. And while he's 23-15 and 15 with just one quarterfinal at the ATP level to his name this season, he's 31-23 and 23 overall in his career on grass courts, has won a challenger on grass courts, has made multiple ATP tour-level quarterfinals on grass courts, and most notably reached the quarterfinals of Wimbledon back in 2021, beating guys like Sinner, Rublev, an informed Diego Schwartzman, albeit still on a grass court along the way. He has the size. He has the physicality. He can move forward. He can hit the big serve. But Talon Greeksport can do all of those things as well. And look, Greeksport's won two titles here in this ATP season. He started his grass court season 7-0 and before a 6-4 in the third loss to Andre Rublev. And by the way, those seven wins included wins over Hercots, Demonauer, a guy in Jordan Thompson, who for what it's worth has already reached the second round here today of this Wimbledon. You know, he's 31 in the world. I know he doesn't have the big slam result to his name. And even this year, third, well, third round Australian Open, he held seed before getting knocked out by Tsitsipas. You know, you look for him, French Open this year, second round loss to Hubi Hercots, uh, 6-4 in the fifth. Greek sports got the fitness. He's got the physicality. He's riding this wave of confidence. 
his serve. I just trust his serve forehand combination a little bit more than anything Fucevic brings to the table. And with the physicality being equal and Fucevic being unable to lean on that, I'm leaning Talon Greek Sport to advance. Now, I'm not touching a game spread because I don't. I think this one could go the distance. And if anything, maybe you want to take the over in this match. You can the over uh, ultimately for these two. Um, yeah, it's over under 39 and a half games minus 115. I think they're going to eclipse that mark. I think they go four, maybe five sets. But I think the match ends up in Greek Spore's hands. So give me Talon Greek Spore, minus 125 money line over Fucevic. Quarter of a unit to win point two. That is going to be physical tennis tomorrow. That certainly we are looking forward to. Last but not least, just two quick futures. I think Djokovic is winning the Wimbledon title. I haven't seen any, uh, you know, Elkaraz has been good, but he's got to prove he can beat Djokovic before I believe it's going to happen at a major Give me Djokovic, minus 160, uh, minus 165 to win the title. We'll just bet 1.65 units to win one on that. I know he's favored against the field. It's poor odds, but we can hedge later in the final if we think Alcaraz has looked that good. And with all due respect, I just, I, he's won both majors this year, and this is maybe the one where his advantage against the rest of the field is greater than anywhere else. And so, I'll take Djokovic to win the title. And I'm going to take Iga to win the title as well at plus 250. Part of that is by virtue of the fact that Sabalenka and Rabakina, they're both on the other side of the draw. And push comes to shove, that matters. Like, that that almost is the reason for this pick, is who else has shown that they can beat Iga at this level, on this surface? And I know she had the food poisoning issue last week, but God, did she look good in the matches she played, and she cruised in her first-round match here on Monday. We can hedge later on if we think someone looks as good as Eager. or we see something shaky in her performance, but you know my philosophy. I'm picking Iga at everything until she's proven she can get, you know, again, until someone proves she can consistently beat Iga at these biggest levels. And again, Given how close the odds will be later on in this event, we'll have opportunities to hedge. If we can get Iga plus 250 to win anything, I think we have to take it. I think that's the sort of value of a lifetime. And so let's lock in Iga Sviantek plus 250 as well. One unit to win 2.5. Those are your aces of the day. Again, to recap, Naskova Potapova money line parlay minus 106, half a unit to win 0.47. Nori. Minus six and a half games over my check. Minus 120, quarter of a unit to win point two. Greek Spore, minus 125, money line over Fucevic, quarter of a unit to win point two. And then Iga Djokovic to win the title, respectively. We'll monitor, of course, those future bets throughout the course of the fortnight as our coverage continues here at Crack Rackets. And again, it will be my goal to give you these GSP Ace of the Day segments each and every day, previewing the next day's action. Of course, if you're looking for recaps, the Mini Break podcast feed is the place for you. We'll have coverage of the entirety of this 2023 Wimbledon. We'll also this week have coverage of the Bloomfield Hills Challenger. We'll have coverage of the Breakpoint Netflix docuseries as well. We got you all covered is the theme. So if you're looking for any additional content in the tennis world, all you got to do is head over to our website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to all the shows, which you can find wherever you listen to your podcast. A shout out, as always, to my super producer, Daniel Westoff. Not going to swear, <clears throat> excuse me, because we're on the move here. But needless to say, you know the sort of job he does day in, day out with all of that established for 
our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff. And for all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Those are your day two Wimbledon aces of the day. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.